Chris Landry here on this Tuesday morning, a frigid Tuesday morning around the country. Hope you are warm and safe wherever you are. Breaking down the Monday. Seems funny to say that. The Monday uh, NFL wild card playoff games, not just the Monday night game, but two of them to break down. And we have some situations to discuss. We've got a potential situation in Pittsburgh and definitely a potential situation in Philly. We're going to get into both of those. We'll talk a little bit about the games. I want to talk about, first of all, how you can get the best information in football, the college football world, the NFL world, LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of the holiday savings sale that we've got at LandryFootball.com today. Uh, you get the best information, the most insightful analysis from a playing, coaching, scouting, and front office perspective. LandryFootball.com. Check it out today. Um, if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So it was the Buffalo Bills continuing to play very well, uh, hammering the Steelers for some of the game, although the Steelers fought back and made it a game. I thought it was a microcosm of two things. The Bills kind of playoff medal, experience level. I think it's an example of sometimes how you can make a change in a different voice. In this case, a new offensive coordinator can change the fortunes of your team. Buffalo needed to become a more physical run unit. I've always felt like that the Bills have fallen short because they've played too much into the, well, we're going to throw it around the yard with Josh Allen, and that leads to mistakes, and it leads to some frailties when it comes playoff time when you have to have a great defense in a running game. The Bills have developed that through the rest of this, the, the back end of the season and now into the playoffs. It is exciting to see them um, play to their optimal level. And come playoff time, not that they won't do it any other time, but Josh Allen, let him take off and run and be a problem for folks. And then when you overplay the run, they've got guys that have, in this case, made people miss um, and had some explosive plays coming out of the passing game. I, I thought they, even though it was close in one possession, I thought the Bills had the answers. They knew how to play this game. They knew how to play this opponent. They were well-coached. They were well-prepared. Tremendous job by uh, the Buffalo Bills in their 31-17 win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, also, um, from the Pittsburgh standpoint, you know, the Steelers under Mike Tomlin, I think Mike has done a phenomenal job. And I think he continues to do a great job. Um, I think um, the, the problem there is personnel. They're not as deep. They're not as talented. I think he gets as much out of that team as possible. You see him, if you didn't, go ahead and look at it. I'm sure it's on the social media platforms. Him walk out on the final question that was asked about his contract. Mike has one year left on his contract. He's never taken to going to this last year um, without having a contract. I, I, I think it's going to come down this way. I think that he's going to get an extension and accept it, or he's going to 
step aside for a year. I think he kind of feels like the guy that's had one hand tied behind his back. And yet he continues to escape and do things that two-handed people have a hard time doing. I just, look, they are such a well-run in the class front office and organization. But the bottom line is they're not as good at evaluating and procuring talent as previous steel regimes. And so Mike's having to deal with a less talented roster. And it's a challenge. It's, it's more than a challenge. He's doing a phenomenal job. Yet, typical, even for Steeler fans, want this guy out. If you think they're going to get somebody better than Mike Tomlin, you're fooling yourself. Mike Tomlin, even with Pete Cow, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel on the market, you put Mike Tomlin on the market and he wants to coach, he's number one. I mean, you got people that, I mean, would be firing successful coaches that would want to hire this guy. I, I, I think he is maybe one of the more underappreciated, underrespected coaches. And I'm hoping it's not because he's black. Because I think that may be part of it in some eyes. I, I think it's, I call it media ignorance, which leads to fan ignorance. They don't know. They look at the result and they have no idea what creates the result. Sometimes a record is perceived to be, boy, not a good one. When you know what, 10 and 7 is one hell of a job when you've got nothing to work with or very little to work with. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the direction of both of these teams. For the Bills on to host Kansas City next week. And that's going to be the late Sunday game, and we don't know what the weather is likely to be there. Likely, very cold. But we don't know what this weather pattern, if it's going to be just as bad next weekend. Uh, stay tuned to your local and national weathermen for that. But you're going to see, I mean, the marquee matchup. There's no, no doubt why the NFL has put that, and that's going to be on CBS as the second window game on Sunday, that's going to be the marquee matchup with the two great quarterbacks, the two teams that have been, along with Kansas City, the teams to beat in the AFC, should be fascinating and a lot of fun. On to the nightcap. Great job by Tampa. Great job by Todd Bowles. High pressure caused problems with Philly down the stretch of the season. They did a great job. I thought that they did a good job with Baker Mayfield, um, getting him to rebound off of a really poor performance down the stretch. What was the cure for his ails? Philadelphia Eagles defense. He couldn't tackle, couldn't cover. Three touchdowns, 56, 44, 23 yards. Really good performance. And quick note on Todd Bowles somebody that people were critical of him as well, winning the division for the third straight year. This is not a team. Well, they have some playmakers. They're not a great roster by any stretch. They've got to fix that. Todd Bowles has done quite the job. Um, and I think deserves a little bit more credit than he's getting. Let's move on to Philadelphia, where the big storyline is. And much like 
we had the discussion yesterday about the Dallas Cowboys. We got to have a major discussion about Philly. That team, that's just not, oh boy, they struggled down the stretch. What went wrong? You name it, it went wrong. That is a defense that is completely clueless. They can't cover the middle of the field. They don't try to cover the middle of the field. You got players running into one another. They're completely misaligned, completely unaware assignment-wise of what they're doing. Offensively, there's some pieces there. Quarterbacks are not healthy. Not a lot to work with. No answers to picking up blitz pressure. No um, side adjustments or ways to handle the blitz. As poorly a coach team and a prepared team that I've seen in this league in a long time. You can say, well, well, Dallas was really bad. Yeah, Dallas was bad for the one game in the playoffs, which has been consistent for Dallas, I know. But Philly has looked this bad all year long. If you were surprised by Dallas, based upon how they played in the regular season, you should not have been surprised by what Philly did. Because that's what Philly has been. Look, everybody says, well, how'd they get to 10 and 1? That's the story. That's the question. Very simply, they managed to get by with a quarterback that covered up some things when he was healthy, uh, although he's been healthy, not been healthy most of the year. They were they the film showed a lot of problems even in their wins. Once it started to People started to figure out how they could attack them. Then the losses started to come and come and come and come. This is not nearly as good a team. They made bad decisions. Um, but this is what happens when you have a, a rogue person in the organization. Person that is manipulating who the coaches are going to be hired on the staff. Taking credit for the good things that happen and pointing the finger when it goes bad. That's what has been going on in Philly. And the media is culpable because the media is easily fooled because the cancer inside the organization is Howie Roseman, the general manager, and he's got all the media fooled. He has no clue. He's never put on a jockstrap in his life. He had life. He has no idea what a football player looks like. He has nothing to do with who they draft or who they sign. He does the contracts, and he's good at that. Personnel department and the coaching staff leads the way on the players. When it works, Howie takes credit. When it doesn't, he shifts the blame. It's how it works. And the owner needs to step up and get his head out of his rear end and figure out what's going on. Because, look. The cancer inside the Dallas Cowboys, you can't fire. But you can fire the guy that's the cancer in Philadelphia. Uh, the coaching move, assistant coaching move, from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia, that was done by the GM. That was forced on the head coach. Look, Nick Sirianni has the job because he's easily manipulated. That's a lot like what happens in Dallas, by the way. A strong head coach is not going to put up with Howie Roseman. That's a problem, okay? And I know people will say, but they went to the Super Bowl last year. They did. 
and I thought that they did a good job. And I thought a lot of the coaches in the personnel department put a good staff to get a, a good roster together. <clears throat> and it worked. It's not sustainable when you got somebody constantly stepping into the kitchen, you know, throwing stuff into the pot and creating a problem. It's not sustainable. And it's going to be not only bad tasting, but I think cancerous to an organization. The Eagles right now have to take a hard look at what they need to do because they need to clean house. Howie Roseman, the coaches, and give somebody who's a football person control and authority. And I know people will say, yeah, but they, you know, um, Chip Kelly got control and that didn't work. Okay, folks, let me explain something to you. Sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. You can have a doctor give you a bad diagnosis. You can have a lawyer give you, do a bad job for you. You can have an accountant that screws up your taxes. But my advice would be to find another doctor or lawyer or an accountant. Don't turn to some slappy that's living on your neighborhood and let him make football decisions or let him, first and foremost, manipulate and cause divisiveness. Let me just tell you, having everybody on the same page and everybody reading from the same hymnal is the key, not just who's the most talented, but is the key to making everything better. What I have seen with the Eagles is a complete lack of culture and organization and structure. And that you have to understand what goes inside that organization and why it's that way and who's causing that divisiveness. And it is a general manager. It is a problem and it's a problem that needs to be fixed. If the owner's so tied to Howie Roseman and loves him so much, then put him inside a non-football part of the organization and only be his, you know, his lackey. But but the issue is as long as the owner believes in him, there's always going to be the chirping in the owner's ear by a guy that's in it for himself. It is problematic, and it is somebody that's going to be hard to attract a really good coach. You're going to get somebody that's much the same that is not as familiar with the agenda of Little Holly. As I said, it's much tougher to fix the Dallas Cowboys because Jerry Jones is a problem. But I do think this. I think if Jerry has this aha moment, and I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast, where he says, I need to hire someone that can fix this and get me another Super Bowl before I exit stage left. Then I'm going to hire someone and have that person report directly to me, and there is no other person that I've got to deal with. I think Jerry can fix it. And Jerry's in a position to do that. And Jerry is not the controlling metal Simona that people think. Jerry just wants the credit. Is he willing to, hey, I'm not going to 
whole court inside the locker room and do a press conference after every game. I'm not going to have my own radio show and comment on every personnel move we have and undermine the head coach's authority. He can make that change. Is he willing to do it? I don't know. In Philly, it's an easy fix. Jeffrey Lurie's not that type of guy. But he is hired, and he has somebody in the organization that is that type of guy. Howie Roseman. Now, Howie is really swift. Howie, and people say, well, if the owner knows all of this, why doesn't they do power Howie? Howie is like a lot of these guys. I worked with a guy, Mike Lombardi, who's the same type of guy. He's meddlesome, and he will manipulate things. And if it works out, somehow he'll manipulate it to where the credit falls on his desk. If it doesn't work out, the criticism goes to someone else. So it's, yeah, it's, hey, I didn't want Nick Sirianni to hire Matt Patricia because it didn't work. But had it worked, how would it have been there and he'd have the media, his media guys pumping it out that, oh, look at what he signed this guy. He did this. He did that roster wasn't good. They did an awful job of hiring coordinators this year. Okay, that's on the head coach, right? It is, except when the head coach is manipulated and told who to hire. Then you got a problem. You can fire the head coach. We don't know that Nick Sirianni wanted those guys. In fact, I know that he didn't. I know that he wanted different guys, but he was basically dictated to on how to make those moves. That's the problem. And it's one of the things, it's not about what's fair. Because Nick Sirianni, look, he needs to be fired, not because he made bad decisions, because it wasn't him. It was, he basically told the line and he didn't fight for what he needed to do as a head coach because he's just happy to be a head coach. So the bottom line is for people who think, well, let's just fire the Nick Sirianis and fire the Mike McCarthy's. I say, yes, let's fire them. Not because they are making the decisions that are causing the problems. It's because they don't have the authority to make any other decisions than the ones that are dictated to them. So, yes, fire them and fire the guy that's the manipulator and causing the cancerous problems in the organization. Because if you don't, it's going to affect who you can hire the next time. And I think that needs to be rectified if the Eagles are going to take a step forward. Um, People are easily fooled. Most of the fan base thinks Howie Roseman's done a great job. Why? They've been fed that line from the media. The clueless media that has no idea of what's going on inside the Eagles organization and how decisions have been manipulated. And you've got people inside there that are you know, lined up to defend Howie because their jobs depend on it. It's a – Howie Roseman is very – very smart. He knows nothing about football. 
but he knows how to manipulate and how to make sure that it all comes back to him when the credit circles. When when the tornadic winds fly of problems, he makes sure that he takes shelter and other people are left to deal with the mess. Look, I have been around this game for 40 years. I work inside this league on a daily basis. I know who knows football and who doesn't. And I will say this. You need to have football people that understand the game. It is the business of football. It's a big-time business, a billion-dollar business. But it's the business of football. Have people who know football running organizations is the key way. Now, if you've got somebody who's the owner's right-hand man, and he just does a lot of the ownership structure stuff, then you got to, you got, that guy has to be like the de facto owner and let the football people make the decision. And then if they don't do their job, fire them and hire football people to do their job. Again, go find you another doctor, go find you another lawyer, go find you a better CPA. Don't go and ask your neighbor down the street that has no experience in that and think you're going to get a better answer. That's what happens in football. That's the problem in football. We don't have enough good football people that are making decisions. Uh, And it's going to be very, very problematic. If I were Philadelphia, I would go to Bill Belichick. If I were Jeffrey Lurie, I would fire Harry Roseman. I would fire the, the entire coaching staff. And I would have Bill Belichick come in and say, show me how to remake this organization. A, we can win here quickly. B, set things straight. And you might say, well, Bill, Bill's messed up on personnel. you got to have some hard decisions about who he's going to bring and why. And I think you need to have checks and balances on that. But it needs to be people that Bill is going to respect and listen to. He ain't going to listen to Howie Roseman. And he ain't going to put up with that nonsense. And in Dallas... I think Dallas could do the same thing. I think Jerry Jones could say, Bill, it's you and me back to back. There is nobody to answer to, and you run this like you need to run it. And if you do it that way, then I think you've got a good chance of having success. And with Bill Belichick, not only both of those teams get you a Super Bowl maybe within the next two or three years, but have the infrastructure beyond Bill, to where you know how to run it. I think hiring Bill Belichick just to learn how to run an organization and build a culture is worth it in and of itself. And if, by the way, he's able to get you a Super Bowl ring, so be it. So my thoughts, uh, a reminder again, you can get more detailed breakdowns, inside information of what truly goes on in NFL front offices here at LandryFootball.com. So check it out today. Take advantage of our holiday savings special right now. Also a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, always great to be with you. And a reminder, again, we'll get into a couple of other things, uh, NFL, college football related. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, why Lane Kiffin was not on Alabama's list. We'll probably hit that tomorrow. And then we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, speaking of insiders and how Certain guys can manipulate in the media. We'll tell you how things work in coaching searches from an insider standpoint and how these agents can manipulate the media and a fan bases to think certain things that are really not 
true. Uh, again, reminder, subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out LandryFootball.com. Try it out for a month. Try it out for six months. Our 12-month package, the holiday savings special, is the best deal that we've got going. Um, see you over on LandryFootball.com and next time on the Landry Football Podcast Network.